بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد الحمد لله tonight is the 28th of May in the year 2023 and alhamdulillah we've completed the fifth week the 35th night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the eminent companion Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and I spent quite a few sessions taking a glimpse into his great love for the deed of Salah so before moving on to another aspect of his phenomenal worship the hadith is in Sayyid Muslim number 822 or 3 Abi Wa'il Rahmatullah he said one day we went to Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud after we had offered the Fajr prayer and we gave the salam at the door. He allowed us to enter but we stayed a while at the door. The maid servant thereupon emerged and said, Allah why don't you enter? We then entered. And we found Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu sitting and glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So stop in the report. So in this flawless report in Sayyid Muslim, some of the students wanted to see their teacher. And this was after the Fajr. So he's returned to his dwelling and they ask permission. They give the salam. They give him permission to enter. When they give him permission to enter, they didn't enter. They, they stayed at the entrance. So after some time, the maid servant said, Allah why don't you enter? We entered and we found Abdullah ibn Mas'ud sitting and glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He thereupon asked, Ma mana'akum an wa kad lakum. What prevented you from entering, though you had been granted permission? We responded, there was nothing behind this, but we thought that some of your family might be sleeping. So stop at the report. So why did they not enter? Because they thought that maybe some of the other family members may be resting. He responded, Zanantum bi'ali ibn ummi abdin ghafla. Did you assume that the family of Ibn Umi Abd to be negligent? He then once again began to busy himself with the glorification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala till he thought that the sun had risen. So they did it out of respect. They didn't want to disturb the family. But Ibn Masood, he took a slight offense to that. And what was the offense? Because inadvertently, what were they saying? Right? They were saying your family is negligent. You think my family is going to be negligent? Negligent of what? They've offered the Fajr. Right? <coughs> so this is the standard he set in his dwelling. Then look how interesting. He once again started doing dhikr. As if he was not ignoring them, but he turned his attention. Until he thought the sun had risen. He then asked, Ya jariya, undiri hal talaat. O maidservant, see whether the sun has risen. She glanced, but it had not risen at the time. He once again busied himself with the glorification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And he again thereafter thought that the sun had now arisen. She glanced and she confirmed now it has arisen. Upon this he said, Alhamdulillahilladhi aqalana yawmana hadha. All praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who did not call us to account for our sins today. Mahdi rahmatullahi added, I think he also said, وَلَمْ يُحْلِقْنَا بِذُنُوبِنَا and did not destroy us due to our sins. So now, this report is fascinating. Why? Because it gives a glimpse into what he was doing at home. On the first day, what did I mention about Hudayfa? Hudayfa radiyallahu said, I don't know what he does at home. He's like the Prophet outside. This is what he's doing at home. Now, what was he doing? And why was he, what was he waiting for? He was waiting for Ishraq. I mentioned yesterday that he loved that prayer. He didn't like to talk during that prayer. So now he's forced to talk. So you can understand why he's getting agitated. He's why didn't you just enter? And... He wasn't, you know, they were his guests. So you would expect him to obviously put some food in front of them or whatever. Why is he ignoring them? Because he's teaching them. He goes, why aren't you offering Ishraq? No, like, but he didn't explicitly say that. He's doing his zikr. He asks his servant. He goes, has the sun risen? She goes, no. After some time, she said, yes. Then he said something which is baffling. Before he offered his Ishraq, what did he say? All praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who did not call us to account for our sins today. What sins had he committed? And at the beginning of the day, that's when you usually your sin tally is very low. He goes, Alhamdulillah, that you haven't called us to account, meaning you're allowing us to remember you. Therefore, that must be a sign that you're favoring us. Then one of the subnarrators, he said, I think he also said this, meaning I'm not certain, but I think he said this, and did not destroy us due to our sins. So again, note, he was very time conscious, the great Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Another interesting point here is, where was he offering the Ishraq? Was it in the masjid? So this shows that you can offer the Ishraq at home. The hadith says you sit until the sun rises. But obviously the example of the companions is a clarification upon the statements of the Prophet So the scholars point out, they state, no problem, as long as you offered it, but you shouldn't talk. You shouldn't do anything unnecessary. In other words, you go stay at home, you offer it, and maybe the wisdom there is to encourage others to also to pray as well. And when I was going through the life of the great Sayyidina Bilal, where did he offer the Ishra? Top of the... He would where he did the azan, so he would go to Zayd ibn Thabit's dwelling, his mother's dwelling. He do the azan on top of the dwelling, and the report says that she saw him at sunrise making a dua for the Quraysh. So note, there's no problem. People make a big issue out of this, but you don't start talking in between. You can pray in the masjid if you wish, there or go home and pray. But you know the main thing is to offer it. Indeed, such was his love for Salah that he would not give anything preference over it. In Tabarani, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 2, page 257, states Sahih, Hayat al volume 4, page 539 of the New English Translation. 
Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu he would not fast either optional fasts very often those he would say I become too weak to perform salah if I fast and I love salah more than fasting however when he did observe fasts he would fast only 3 days every month so in this sahih hadith in Tabarani the people again you know this is the standard they expected from their scholars look at the standard we expect just come on time for prayer right this is their standard why is he only fasting 3 days a month now if somebody fasts 3 days a month you think he's a righteous soul so he has he would say to the people he goes if I fast I become too weak to offer salat so again you have to explain this he wasn't talking about the farad he was talking about his yearning for salat throughout the day he offered so many prayers he goes it affects my salat I love salat more than fasting meaning I'm not going to prefer anything over my salat but this narrator said he would fast 3 days every month this is the son of the priest the reason being he would offer lengthy salats due to his recital of the Quran within it because he himself said undoubtedly fasting engages me from reciting the Quran which is dearer to me than fasting recorded by Hafiz Shatibi in his Al-I'tisam page 271 of the English translation so what did the Prophet say he said the best prayer to your Lord is the one with the long standing and Imam Abba Hanifa used that as a proof that this is the best position in Salat uh, and the hadith is in the Sunan Sayyid Hadith Imam Shafi said the prostration is the best position because you're closest to your Lord so there's a scholarly difference Ibn Mas'ud he would offer lengthy rakats because of the Quran recital and he himself said fasting stops me from that and he goes reciting the Quran is more beloved to me than fasting meaning it's not going to affect my other more important deeds in my sight in a similar report in Ibn Jarir Qanzul Umal volume 4 page 181 Hayat al-Sahaba volume 4 page 539 of the New English Translation Abdul Rahman ibn Yazid he said when Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was questioned why he did not fast very often he replied I become too weak to perform salah if I fast and I love salah more than fasting now what's interesting why would people keep questioning him because he had so many students and so many people visited and they would find it very strange to hear that they had to get verification obviously if somebody says sahaba only keeps three fasts every month what are you going to think <laughs> right so they'd go and they'd ask and he says it affects my salat and he goes that's why I don't keep many fasts thus the same narrator Abdul Rahman ibn Yazid he said I have not seen a learned jurist who fasted less than Abdullah ibn Mas'ud I have not seen a learned jurist who fasted less than Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud this is in Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabaqat volume 3 page 1155 Ayat al-Sahaba volume 4 page 540 of the New English Translation so why did he say that because the jurist sets the standard one of the salaf said the people will not be pleased with the one who talks but doesn't act because <laughs> they'll never they'll never tell that person seriously and it's true person can talk and he blows you away but then you look at the person this guy's 
bug biting taken a mortgage ah and he's talk so you want to take it serious <laughs> because they won't be pleased with that person so ibn mas'ud obviously set the standard and some of them were they must have felt embarrassed because are we fasting more than our teacher <laughs> so when they asked because salat's more important now there's a huge lesson here this majestic man was teaching the entire ummah the important lesson to prioritize one's various needs this is so important a lot of people haven't got that understanding they don't prioritize what's more important for instance one keeps an optional fast but then realizes he has now offered both the fajr and maghrib obligatory prayers at home due to it so what has he done that's lack of knowledge why have you done an optional deed um, that's forfeited a near obligation so he says prioritize you have to work this out another example one leaves a circle of knowledge to offer nafl prayers you have a prioritized you've left like imam malik rahmatullah alayhi said why is he left something superior for something inferior prioritize another example one performs an optional hajj and umrah when he could rather stay and serve his parents why are you going for hajj and umrah every day i'm sure your parents you know and they're never going to tell you not to go but you should realize that they need to be looked after another example one misses the congregational prayer in the masjid for a deed which is near the obligatory or even near an obligation such as a gathering of zikr Zikr, mashallah, zikr, zikr. Where are we going to pray Maghrib? Here. If I get this, I'm going to masjid. That's an obligation. This is optional. And yet people think this is a pious thing. That's one huge lesson. Second, another important principle in this regard is that an optional deed must not be to an expense of violating a right of others or even oneself. for that matter for your body has got rights over you as does your family guests etc so where is the proof of this the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he paired up salman al farsi and abu darda radiyallahu in bukhari sharif and salman once came as a guest stayed with abu darda and abu darda <laughs> he put some food in front of salman So Salman radiyallahu says to him are you going to eat with me he's on fasting so Salman goes I'm not going to eat so Abu Darda broke his fast and he got you know he hurt he hurt him he broke his fast then he you know it's during the night he's, you know he gives him his bedding and Abu Darda is about to pray tahajjud all night so Salman goes go to sleep so Abu Darda goes listen so some night so Time of the night passed. He gets up again. He goes go to sleep. So Abu Dada. Then the last third he gets up, and then he also did something else. And then eventually Salman. The next day he goes to Abu Dada. He says, "Maybe you're hurt." But then he goes, "Your body has a right over you. Your wife has a right over you, and your guest has got a right over you. Give every one their rights." He still hurt. He goes next day to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Salman spoke the truth." 
So what mistake did Hakimul Ummat make? His optional deeds was at the expense of violating the rights of others. Salman had a greater knowledge. He goes, that's not a good thing you're doing. Look how Shaitan flips you. You have to have knowledge here. People think they're doing something good. Shaitan's got you. He's, you know, he's tripped you up. Even though you're offering tahajjit. Even though you want to do this and that. Even though you're fasting. You break a fast. So that's another lesson we take from what Ibn Masood teaches us. Another important principle in this regard is that once one has started an optional deed, he must strive to keep it up. For our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala detests that one starts a deed and then gives it up. Very famous hadith. Something small and regular is more beloved than something huge and irregular to the nearest meaning. A lot of people fail on that as well. So for instance, you tell them about a certain deed. He goes, Dawood alayhi salatu wasalam. His was the best fast. One day on, one day off. So the guy goes for it. Jump straight in. Because I'm fasting one day on, one day off. is the best fast. Nobody can beat me. The response to that is, Are you Dawood alayhi salatu wasalam? And then he goes, Of course not. He goes, Right, okay. Did the Prophet tell you to do that? Was he mentioning something about Dawood alayhi salatu wasalam? He goes, it's the best fast. Yeah. But was he telling you to do it? So fake is lost, right? He's quoting hadith. Secondly, okay, start it. Then what happens? He gives it up. Gets to summer. Hot day hits him. He goes, Mondays and Thursdays, right? Let's, let's uh, start negotiating. You've, you've done something which is detestable. You started something and you stopped it. Note, if one does not make an intention of permanence, there's no harm. So if a person with knowledge approaches him, he goes, okay, go ahead, keep it fast one day on, one day off. But make the intention that, Ya Allah, I'm not doing this permanently. I'm like you say, I'm treading the water. And then when you stop, no problem. Right? Another person goes, I want to fast Mondays and Thursdays. Fine. Don't make a permanent intention. Ya Allah, I'm doing this. If I stop, I haven't made a permanent intention. Fine. Shaitan trace people up. So note, Ibn Mas'ud was just giving you a simple statement, but he was giving you a very profound statement. He goes, I will not fast. It affects my salat. We seek refuge in Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from all the guiles of the accursed shaitan. Amen. So now, question. If a person makes the permanent intention and he realizes he's made a mistake through lack of knowledge, then just change the intention. <laughs> Say, Allah, forgive me, I made a mistake, I didn't have understanding. I'm making intention now to do it, but not with permanence. <laughs> and why is that so beautiful? Because that way you can do everything you want. <laughs> a person goes, look, I'm going to pray tahajjud like the Prophet wasalam, or the companions all night. Do it once, go ahead and do it. No permanent intention. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, fine. But don't make it every, every, you know, make it permanent. You know, a famous hadith comes to mind. A companion said to the Prophet, every year, Ya Rasulullah, is Hajj Fadad every year. And the Prophet kept turning away from him. Eventually, he goes, if I had said yes, it would have become obligatory. And would you have been able to do it? What I tell you to do, do. What I keep quiet about, don't ask. 
Unfortunately, the Prophet was protecting this. So note again, Ibn Masood, very, very fond of Salat. And people forget to highlight that he protected it to such a degree. He didn't keep many optional fasts. But that is wisdom. That's not weakness. That's wisdom. Unfortunately, people think, you know, might even think ill of Ibn Masood. As if he knows better than Ibn Masood. On the subject of fasting, there's a fair, again, you know, these reports, why do I find this amazing? People quote the hadith, they don't give you the fiqh. On the subject of fasting, there's a famous report. Abu Huraira radiyallahu relates that Abu Nufid Messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, La yasumu ahadukum yawm al-jumu'ati illa an yasuma qablahu aw yasuma ba'da. None of you must fast on Friday except that he has fasted a day prior to it or will fast on the day following it. So where is this recorded? Recorded in Sayyid Bukhari, number 1985, Sayyid Muslim, number 1,144, Abu Dawood, number 2,420, Tirmidhi, number 743, Ibn Majah, number 1,723, Ahmad in his Musnad 2-458, Mishkat, number 2,052. So you said to the person, is this a flawless hadith? Yes. The Prophet definitely said it. Definitely said it. So, what's the ruling? <laughs> it's self-explanatory. Don't isolate Friday. If you're just going to fast on Friday, the Prophet said, don't do that. Fast the day before it, then fast on Friday or a day after it. So, is that your fatwa? Yeah. There you go. You've gone down the mire again. Sheikh Nawab Qutbuddin Khan Dehlawi Rahmatullah in his Mazayri Ihaq number 2052 commentary of Mishkat, he said, The Hanafis, Rahimahumullah, do not say it is makru dislike to fast on Friday alone. Fatawa Alamgiri states it is allowed to do so, and Duri Mukhtar goes as far as to call it Mustahab recommended. They cite the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Perhaps it is the abrogator of all these ahadith which mention that fasting on Friday is disallowed. So let's break it down. So what have the Hanafi stated? They state you can isolate Friday. So now the fruit cakes on the street, what did they start saying? Oh, hang on. Rasulullah said, don't. Imam Hanifa said, yes, I'm following Rasulullah. I've heard this so many times. So you respond by saying, what a bad assumption you've got of Imam Abu Hanifa. You've just accused him of going against the direct command of the Prophet. Is that what you're saying? Because no, I didn't mean that. But what did you mean then? Some Hanafi scholars said it's recommended to fast just on Friday. Then look at the key point. They cite the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud. Perhaps it is the abrogator of all these hadith which mentioned fasting on Friday is disallowed. So he doesn't give you the hadith. So if I left it at that, you're thinking, which, which hadith? Well, there you go in it. You've given fatwa. You don't even know there's another report. So I'll give you the hadith. In Nasai, number 2368, Abu Dawood, number 2450, Tirmidhi, number 742, Ahmad in his Musnad 1-406, Mishkat, number 2058. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, radiyallahu, Qana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yasumu min gharrati qulli shahri thalathata ayyamin. 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa used to fast on the first three days of the month, i.e. sometimes. وَقَلَّمَا قَانَ يُفْتِرُ يَوْمُ الْجُمْعَةِ And seldom did he not fast on a Friday. So what did Ibn Masood say? He said he would fast three days. And I noticed that he liked to fast the first three days of the month. So yes, you got the white nights in the middle. But he would, Ibn Masood was, he also liked the first three days as well. But he keep the three. Then he says, وَقَلَّمَا قَانَ يُفْتِرُ يَوْمُ الْجُمْعَةِ Seldom did he not fast on a Friday. He goes, I, I notice he is always fasting on a Friday. <laughs> so the Hanafi state, going back to what this, they've mentioned, they, perhaps this is the abrogator of all these hadith, which mention fasting on Friday is disallowed. Why? What does that mean? When did the Prophet say those words? Was that the last thing he said? But if you go to Ibn Mas'ud, you know he's giving you a ruling. Why? Because it's now he's the jurist. And therefore the Hanifi state, no problem. And then after saying all that, the respected scholars say, Allah Ta'ala knows best. But that's how you're supposed to approach the hadith. You say, look, brother, I'm going to quote you a hadith. Don't ask me for fatwa. I'm not a jurist. And then a person will appreciate that. He's all right, I thought you were straightforward. No, no, I'm not saying it's straightforward. If you know, then straight. If you don't, keep quiet. But if you just quote this hadith in Bukhari and Muslim, and then you just leave it at that, and then you say, oh, and by the way, did you know the Hanafi state is recommended? They have a little, they have a little giggle. <laughs> do, you, do, you know about, do you know about the Hanafis? What, what about the Hanafis? Because it's mustahab to fast on Friday. And they have a little giggle about it. <laughs> Why are you giggling at knowledge? <laughs> Are you laughing at Ibn Masood? <laughs> and then they come out with that preposterous statement. I'm giving you Rasulullah, you're giving me Ibn Masood. Yes, I'm going through the one who was at his feet for 23 years. Who are you going through? <laughs> so note again, guidance, guidance comes from the Sahaba. And what's interesting, this was a deed that he himself said, it affects my Salat. But even on that deed, he's guiding you. <laughs> So there's no problem, inshallah, on fasting on a Friday. So Mulama said, you know, try to add one to it, no problem. If a person wants to keep a fast on a Friday, what's the harm in it? Right? Ibn Masood said, and Ibn Masood's my argument with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment. And if you think he's made a mistake, good luck to you in it on the day of judgment. So all I mentioned today, was basically the report where some noble students came to visit him and they didn't enter out of respect but then he was slightly upset over this and of course he was offering the Ishraq prayer at home and then I mentioned that he himself testified that I don't keep many fasts because it affects my salah mm -hmm. can we follow Ibn Masood on this? no, because our salat isn't like his salat mm -hmm. Then, of course, I mentioned a very important ruling with regards to fasting on a Friday alone, whether this is permissible or is it disliked or whatever. And I've highlighted what the Hanafis have mentioned, Rahim Are there any questions? Let us. Subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanallah, Allahumma, bihamdi, ka ashtu la ilaha illa anta astafadika atubalika 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 atubalika